Welcome to Press Run, March 18th. The media's reckless no-fly zone coverage. Crucial context is missing. On the eve of Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky's address to Congress on Wednesday, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki was asked no fewer than six times at the daily press briefing if the Biden administration would grant Zelensky's military request for creating a no-fly zone over the bombarded country. Ever since Russia invaded, the administration has made clear there's no chance that the U.S. or NATO is going to create a no-fly zone, because that would mean direct warfare inside Russia. Quote, first thing we would do in order to establish a no-fly zone over Ukraine would be to send U.S. military to attack military units inside Russia, the anti-aircraft batteries that are there, the anti-aircraft artillery, unquote, Democratic Congressman Jim Himes recently explained. Quote, United States Air Force planes would be killing thousands of Russian military members inside Russia, unquote. Especially because Putin appears to be increasingly unstable in the decisions he's making, a no-fly zone is not going to happen. The U.S. has previously created them over Iraq, Libya, and Siberia. None of those countries, though, have an arsenal of nuclear missiles. They are also extraordinarily complex operations. Quote, when the U.S. and the United Kingdom imposed a no-fly zone in the south of Iraq to protect Shiites and the north to protect Kurds, American combat planes flew over 200,000 sorties and dropped more than 1,000 bombs on more than 240 targets, unquote, Slate recently noted. Yet for three weeks, the press has been relentless in asking the same question over and over, even though White House responses each time are an unequivocal no. A few of the inquiries from Tuesday's session, quote, has the administration's thinking shifted on that at all, unquote, quote, to put it bluntly, is Zelensky wasting his time tomorrow asking for these things, unquote, and quote, how does the president plan to continue being like a voice of restraint in these situations and holding back some of the requests, unquote. The media inquiries are usually framed as President Joe Biden not doing enough to help Ukrainians, that he represents quote-unquote restraint in the face of human suffering. After piling on Biden following the U.S. troop withdrawal from Afghanistan, the Beltway media echoing GOP talking points seems anxious to put the White House on the defensive again. When two dozen foreign policy elites signed an open letter advocating a no-fly zone, Politico's playbook ran the story as big news, trumpeting it as the day's most important item. Later that week, when 78 experts signed an open letter to oppose a no-fly zone, Politico buried the item. On March 7th, CNN's anchor Brianna Kaler compared the lack of a no-fly zone to the quote-unquote bare minimum countries like Britain and France did at the start of World War II. But Hitler's Germany didn't have 1,500 nuclear warheads deployed on strategic long-range missiles and almost 3,000 more in reserve, the way Putin's Russia does have today. The media chatter continues to be incessant. No-fly zone has been mentioned more than 700 times on cable news since the invasion began, according to TVIs. What explains this obsession? Why do reporters and pundits think there's a chance Biden would change his mind and risk nuclear war? Why do they present the no-fly zone as a reasonable option? They're not constantly asking if Biden is going to send tens of thousands of U.S. troops to fight Russians inside Ukraine. And why do journalists constantly and recklessly omit crucial context surrounding the topic? 
interviewing Americans about the invasion and what the U.S. should be doing to help Ukrainians, the New York Times this week quoted a Michigan voter saying she's been unhappy with the Ukraine response so far and she's in favor of establishing a no-fly zone. Quote, I truly believe that the U.S. could be doing more to help, unquote, she said. The Times made no mention that guarding the Ukraine skies could spark a nuclear war. Truth is, most Americans simply have no idea what a Ukraine no-fly zone would mean militarily, simply because the media are not educating them. When Americans do find out, their support drops dramatically. Quote, a broad bipartisan majority of Americans think the United States should stop buying Russian oil and work with NATO to set up no-fly zones to protect Ukraine from Russian airstrikes, unquote. Reuters announced last week, trumpeting its exclusive polling results. The news was framed as bad news for Biden. Quote, that puts pressure on U.S. President Joe Biden to take more aggressive action against Moscow, unquote. The report, though, came with this bolder-sized caveat. Quote, it was not clear if the respondents who support a no-fly zone were fully aware of the risk of conflict, unquote. Oh, a subsequent CBS poll found that support for a no-fly zone drops off considerably when people are asked if it meant U.S. forces might have to engage Russian aircraft and be considered an act of war of Russia. U.S. support dropped from 59% to 38% for the no-fly zone. We don't know how big the drop-off would be if CBS had specifically spelled out that a no-fly zone could lead to nuclear war annihilation. The no-fly zone isn't going to happen, and for valid reasons, the press needs to stop playing gotcha with the White House. Good stuff. The brutal invasion continues to generate bouts of heroic journalism. From Vanity Fair's piece headline, quote, This is personal for them, unquote. Two Ukrainian AP journalists capture the most devastating moments of war. In Ukraine, two Associated Press journalists, Eugeny Malayaka and Mustalov Chernov, have captured the most devastating realities of Russia's war. Their photographs are not only a record of the utter destruction, but a direct rebuttal to the Kremlin's propaganda, giving the world a window into the lives destroyed as Russia pushes further into the country, attacking civilian targets. It was Maletika who captured the bloodied pregnant woman being taken from a bombed maternity hospital on a stretcher. Quote, one of the most iconic images of this war so far, unquote, AP executive Julie Pace tells Vanity Fair. Fun stuff because we all need a break. War on drugs. I don't live here anymore. The pride of Philadelphia, war on drugs, continues to expand and impress as it details our stumbles through life wrapped in a majestic sound. This is the second single from the band's latest album by the same name. 